All right, let me talk to you for a few minutes here. I was going to preach more of a Christmas message, but I'm not. I have that one. I may get to preach it next week, but this week, carry on with my assignment. And so that's what we're going to do. So, not everybody reads the blogs that I I do. I understand that that's a little overwhelming for some, and for some they go, don't stop it. I understand that when I send out teaching, some of you have the opportunity to read it, some of you glance over it quickly, but God's told me to provide it and put it out there. So once I release it, the stewardship of it is yours. I provide it as God tells me to, and then it's for us to grow. So somebody, somebody will read it when they're supposed to read it. I remember when I, uh, I remember when I first started attending here, I did not know I had sleep apnea, and so I fell asleep during most sermons. But I would wake up at just the moment that God needed to speak something to me, and I would hear it, I would grab it, it was mine to take, and then I'd fall back asleep. I believe that God can do that with everything. But if you're, if you're not used to reading something and you come, uh, I send something out, and there's that thing inside that says, should read it, should read it, because what God's doing is building something here. So I'm just doing my assignment, just doing my assignment. And what I sent out in a previous thing was a sermon, I think I may have spoken, I never know when I speak it or send it out, so I may have spoken here as well as send it out, but I don't think so. I think it was one I was going to preach, but didn't. But it had to do with the fact that God's intention was to create those who would bear his image and would be filled with his very breast. We, we were created to be image bearers who were given the capacity, capacities far beyond any of the other creatures upon our earth. Capacity, God-like capacities to think and dream and communicate and, and imagine and make moral decisions. And we, we were given incredible capacities and we're, we were created to be image bearers. Those who reflected his glory, the glory of his nature and character. That's who we were created to be. But not only that, but when he finished creating us, he breathed into us the breath, which is the same word that was used in Genesis chapter, the very beginning of Genesis when it says, His spirit was brooding over the waters. He breathed into us his spirit. And we became a living soul. So God's intention for us was to create us as image bearers with God-given capacities for having dominion. And then to breathe into us his very spirit so that we would be animated by the very life-giving Spirit of God. That's who we were created to be. So that in ruling and subduing and having dominion, it would not be something done independent of God, but His very Spirit would be in us. And then we were supposed to multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, take dominion, so the whole earth would be filled and experiencing the glory of God. It's going to happen. 
It is going to happen. Hallelujah. That's who we were created to be. It's who we were created to be. Now, we're celebrating Christmas, and next Sunday, God willing, I'm going to bring to you an understanding, I call it Christmas and the Kingdom, an understanding why it was the Genesis 126 mandate that to make man in his image and his likeness, man that was created to have dominion, man that was created to be a container of the very breath of God, why it was that that mandate made it necessary for God himself to become man. God himself became man so that that mandate which came from the mouth of God would not fail to be completed. We're going to look at that next week. Maybe. Always a maybe. Some, I, I think somebody else said it last night. They were just the wind being blown wherever it was that they needed to be. Twelve different crockpots, and they were stirring them. And they, they, We can't even remember where the crockpots are, but God, please lead us to them. Blowing every circuit in the joint. But <laughs> we had a great night. All right. I want to talk to you today. Let me just first of all do this introduction. It is vital, I believe, that we stop viewing Jesus through the lens of, of those that hold membership in a religious organization he never came to establish. And I believe that we need to begin to view Jesus through the lens of being his disciples, students and followers of his way of life who have committed themselves to become like their master and to take their place in the kingdom and to take their responsibility for its advancement. It is possible to be involved in a religious organization. You can receive religious instruction Adhere to tenets of faith, be devoted to rituals and observances and traditions, but know nothing of becoming like Christ and living to advance the kingdom of heaven under the direction and influence of the Holy Spirit. It is possible to completely celebrate with joy and eat to the last drop everything that has to do with the Christmas season without having a clue what this season is really all about or being a part of it. So I'm going to begin with this opening statement. The kingdom of heaven is a reality completely immersed in, influenced and empowered by the Holy Spirit. The anointing that Jesus Christ, the Messiah, walked in was the result of his complete dependence and submission to the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Because the distinguishing mark of those who belong to the kingdom of heaven is not their membership in a religious organization or even a Christian denomination. Their distinction is to be born from above of the Spirit of God, to be taught, guided, direct, filled, empowered, transformed, and set apart, living a life completely immersed in the person of the Holy Spirit. It distinguishes them. And you know that you can tell that. You can talk to different people who attend different churches, and you're talking to them, and this one, oh, they actually know him. This one, they're actually walking with him. This one, they actually 
There's actually a revelation of who he is happening inside of them. And there's actually a movement that's being, be, being motivated by the Spirit. Oh, I love talking with this one. This one? i got to evangelize. <laughs> you can tell. I sat beside one in the mall the other day. 98 years old. Been attending church for 57 years. Sings in the choir. But that was it. That was it. And there was no breaking through that, that religious wall. No breaking through it. So, as you listen this morning, I want you to become aware of God's desire to f- breathe the fresh breath of His Spirit into you. And in response, what I want you to do is simply lift your head towards heaven, believe and receive. What I want you to do is understand that you have been immersed in the Holy Spirit, which means the environment around you is saturated with Him. Breathe. 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 When you're being baptized, immersed into water, it's not good to breathe. (laughs) But when you're immersed in the Holy Spirit... Breathe. (laughs) Breathe. Breathe in what you are immersed in. He's all around you. Hallelujah. We could sense that as we were worshiping. Breathe Him in. Just breathe Him in. No, I mean breathe. Breathe. See, when I got baptized in the Holy Spirit, it was incredible. I went to a meeting. I said, I'm going to get baptized in the Holy Spirit. I was all sweaty from playing basketball. But it was a meeting. It was special. The person at the front, they said, if you want to be baptized, come to the front. I walked to the front. I said, I know I'm going to be baptized. I'm there. I'm waiting. I got, I got to wait for this person to come down. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. Because that was what I knew. So anyways, they touched me and boom, the Spirit of God came on me. I, I hammered to the floor and I'm just praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I get, I get to my theater arts class. I was in the last year of high school. Theater arts class. The next day. And the theater arts teacher, she tells all the people to run around in a circle. She wanted to get them loosed up. And she said, just babble. Just, just, just speak a whole bunch of babble. And so we're all running around and, and we're speaking a whole bunch of babble. And the enemy is at me. He's going, all you did last night was this. You were just speaking a bunch of babble. That's all you were doing. No different than everybody else in this room is. And I had a decision to make at that point in time. And I said, no devil, it is not. I tell you what, they are babbling for a theater arts class. I am praying in the Holy Spirit. And I ran around that room praying in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I can tell you what. Some of you, you just might want to be breathing air in this room, and you just go ahead and breathe air. But I'm breathing in the Holy Spirit right now. I'm breathing Him in because I am, I have been immersed in Him. And my life is to be a life immersed in the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory be to God on high. Glory be to God on high. Glory be to God on high. Glory, glory, glory be to God on high. Hallelujah. 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 And I want to talk about today 
the role of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. Because I want you to understand, He came to be a man. And when Jesus Christ was born, that moment, God and man were irrevocably and irreversibly joined together. God and man, irreversibly, irrevocably joined together and man's destiny and God's destiny became one. It was always meant to be. For the earth realm was always meant to be the realm of heaven. Hallelujah. And we were always created to be. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The image bearers of God. Hallelujah, always created to be the heirs, hallelujah, of this kingdom. It's who we are. And when Jesus came, he was born as a man in order to live the life we had failed to live, to fulfill, hallelujah, the covenants we had failed to fulfill, hallelujah, hallelujah, to face an enemy and defeat him who we had failed to defeat. Hallelujah. And to reclaim for us what we had lost. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So here he comes. Hallelujah. Let me just go through this now with you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So first of all, you have to understand there's the whole Old Testament. All of the signs and all of the prophecies. Hallelujah. All orchestrated by the Holy Spirit in preparation. Hallelujah. For the coming of the Messiah. So long before Jesus Christ was born as a man, the Holy Spirit was brooding over all of history to bring about the fulfillment of this moment. But you'll remember the angel Gabriel told Zechariah about the birth of his son John the Baptist. He was chosen to be the greatest Old Testament prophet to introduce Israel to her Messiah. Now listen, Luke 1.15, For he will be great before the Lord. He must not drink wine or strong drink, and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit, even from his mother's womb. Holy Spirit's getting a head start. Hallelujah. This is the last great prophet, the one who's going to announce he needs to be able to recognize, hallelujah, the Messiah when he comes. Hallelujah. We're going to ha- we're going to fill him with the Holy Spirit. We're not waiting for him to come out. We're getting him while he's in the womb and we're going to fill him with the Holy Spirit. And he was so full of the Holy Spirit, so ready for his assignment that when Jesus came in Mary's womb into Elizabeth's house, who, house who had John the Baptist in her womb, John the Baptist bore witness. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the fact that the Messiah had come. Hallelujah. Leaping in his mother's womb. Listen to what the angel Gabriel told Mary about how she would conceive her son. The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit came to oversee. Hallelujah. And to empower the very conception of the Christ child in the womb of Mary. 
Hallelujah. Forty days after Jesus' birth, Mary went up to the temple to offer the appointed sacrifices for purification. Joseph was also there presenting Jesus because as a firstborn son, he was to be presented to the Lord and redeemed by a sacrifice according to the law. Now, the Holy Spirit's up to something again. Listen. Now there was a man in Jerusalem, a man named Simeon. This man was righteous and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Spirit was upon him. Hallelujah. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death. Oh, come, Jesus, come, come, (laughs) come, come. I'm getting old. He would not see death. Hallelujah. Before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And he came in the Spirit into the temple. And when his parents brought in Christ, the child Jesus, to do for him according to the custom of the law, Simeon took him up in his arms and he blessed God and he said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation that you have prepared in the presence of all people, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and for the glory of your people Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The priests could dedicate him and they could do their sacrifice, but God sent Simeon, full of the Holy Spirit, to do a proper dedication of this child. Hallelujah. John the Baptist announced to those entering the waters of repentance that Jesus Christ was the Lamb of God who would take away the sin of the world, but he said much more about him. Listen, I baptize you with water for repentance, but he who is coming after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I am not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Do not just allow Jesus Christ to be the Lamb of God who takes away your sins. As glorious as that is, it is simply the preparation, hallelujah, for Jesus Christ, the Immerser, hallelujah, who because you have been made holy by the blood, now fills you with the Holy Spirit so that you live a life filled and immersed in Him. Hallelujah. Having consecrated his body through baptism as a sacrifice to fulfill the will of God, listen to how that moment is described when Jesus rose up out of the water. Matthew 3.16, When Jesus was baptized, immediately he went up from the water, and behold, the heavens were opened to him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove, and coming to rest on him. Now understand, this is Jesus now presenting himself as a man and presenting his body unto God to be the sacrifice. And as he comes out of the water, having consecrated himself to complete the purpose of God, the heavens open and the Holy Spirit comes down like a dove and rests upon him. John the Baptist, knowing it was time for him to step aside to let Jesus take the limelight, he described Jesus as the bridegroom to whom the bride had been given and to whom the bride belongs. 
One who came from above and is above all. One who testifies regarding the things that he has seen. The Son into whose hand the Father has given all things. The one who has authority to grant eternal life. These are the things that John the Baptist said about him. Now listen to what John says about the measure and effect of the anointing of the Holy Spirit on Jesus' life. John 3.34 For whom God sent utters the words of God, for God gives him the Spirit without limit. God gives him the Spirit without limit. Now listen to what it is that it says about Jesus after his baptism in Luke 3 verse 1. And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned from the Jordan and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for 40 days to be tempted by the devil. He's come out of the waters, heavens opened, Spirit has come like a dove, resting upon him. He has received the fullness of the Holy Spirit. Now his life is under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. This man, his life is under the leadership of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit takes him into the wilderness because his humanity needed to be tested. And so for 40 days, he is fasting and he is under the Holy Spirit's tutorage. And after that 40 days of fasting, with his physical strength depleted, Jesus, leaning upon the Holy Spirit, used the Scriptures and defeated the enemy at every point of temptation. Why do I introduce the Holy Spirit into that whole story? If it was just simply Jesus by his own character without the Holy Spirit, then we need to live up to that. But Jesus as a man relied fully upon the Holy Spirit, was tutored by the Holy Spirit, relied fully on the Holy Spirit, faced the temptation under the power of the Holy Spirit, so that it says this of him, he came up out of the wilderness full of the power of the Holy Spirit. Fully tested, his humanity fully tested, fully yielded to the Spirit. He comes out now in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus came out of the wilderness and then he entered into his public ministry and listen to how he is described in Luke 4 verse 14. Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit and a report about him went out throughout all the surrounding country. It reminds me of David. David was a little shepherd boy, a little nobody. His father even forgot him when it was time for the feast. But after the anointing of God was poured upon David, you find David is known in the palace. David is known as a worshiper. Somehow his notoriety goes right up once the Holy Spirit comes upon him. Why? Because the Holy Spirit needed to move him into the places of influence. The Holy Spirit came upon Jesus, took him out, tested his character, and is now moving him in the power of the Holy Spirit into his ministry and causing an influence upon his life. You can begin to claim there are places that God wants to move you into by the power of his Spirit so that you will have influence 
God will bring you into a, in, into a situation, and you'll go into this situation and that situation, seems like nothing's happening. And you walk into a completely different situation, and all of a sudden, your gifts are awake. Your anointing is, the anointing on you is, is throbbing, and all of a sudden, God moves through you, and He, He works something in that particular sphere. Why? Because he's putting the spotlight on you so that you would have influence for the kingdom of God. That's where your assignment is. Among that place. Among that people. God anointed him with power. And notoriety happened all around him. And then, listen, following his custom, he attends the synagogue on the Sabbath day. And as he stood to read the scriptures, what scroll should be brought to him? But a portion that reads like this. Listen. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach the good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives, the recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, and to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Jesus made that claim personal. I could even hear Him reading it. Because after He got done reading it, Everybody looked at him like, what did he just do? Because I believe he read it like this. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. He has anointed me. When he sat down, every eye turned to him. So he made sure that they weren't confused. This day, This scripture is fulfilled right here. And so, from that moment forward, Jesus began to announce that the kingdom of heaven was at hand. And the apostle Peter describes what happened best in Acts 10.38 when he was talking to the household of Cornelius. And he says, you yourselves know, which means... The story had spread out beyond Israel. You yourself know what has been happening in Judea. Beginning in Galilee with the baptism of Jesus. Notice that. Beginning in Galilee with the baptism of Jesus. That John proclaimed. Now, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. And how Jesus went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil Because God was with him. Did you hear that? Did you listen to it? The miracles that Jesus did, the healings that he performed, by what power did he do that? By what power? The Holy Spirit. Not out of his divinity as the Son of God, but as a man relying on the Holy Spirit. When he cast out demons... By what authority and power did he do it? The Holy Spirit. If I cast out demons by the Spirit of God, then is the kingdom of God come to you. He did not do it as the Son of God. He did it as the Son of Man, having received the fullness of the Holy Spirit upon him at his baptism, having been trained and tempered and fully tested under the tutorage of the Holy Spirit in the wilderness and coming out 
in the power of the Holy Spirit, having declared the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me, now God anointed Him to go about healing the sick, delivering those who were demonized, cleansing the leper, raising the dead in the power of the Holy Spirit. Why is this important? Because this is the calling you have. And what Jesus was born to do was to take His place among mankind, was to take His place as a man, was to live in full obedience to His heavenly Father, was to live fully under the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit, was to offer His life as a sacrifice for you, so that you could be redeemed and set apart and made holy, so that you could receive the Holy Spirit, and you could be born into the kingdom by the same power of the Spirit He was born into the earthly realm kingdom. You could be anointed as a citizen, as an heir, by the same anointing He was anointed to operate and declare the kingdom of heaven. This is yours. He came to bring the kingdom. Next week you're going to hear it. A little bit of my sarcasm, but He did not come to do a photo shoot for a nativity scene for your Christmas card. But please, if you've got it in the mail, I will receive it. (laughs) Because I like nativity scenes. But He came to bring a kingdom, and that kingdom you are citizens of and you are heirs of. And He came to show you how to walk in the anointing of that kingdom. And you are called to live a life fully immersed in that same Spirit. Hebrews tells us how Jesus was empowered to offer Himself as the atoning sacrifice that liberates man's conscience from the power of sin. Listen to this. Hebrews 9 verse 14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, offered Himself without blemish to God, purify our consciences from dead works to serve the living God? How was Christ empowered to offer Himself as a sacrifice for your redemption. It says right here. Let me read it again. Who through the eternal Spirit offered Himself without blemish to God. It was empowered by the Holy Spirit. Not in His human strength, not in His human resolve, but in the same power that has rested upon martyrs for centuries. It was through the power of the Holy Spirit. And only at one moment on the cross did he sense that withdrawn. When he cried, my God, my God, why has you forsaken me? But it was through the power of the Holy Spirit that he was enabled to offer himself and to complete the obedience. The apostle describes the means by which Christ was raised from the dead. Listen, if the same Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, He who raised Christ Jesus from the dead will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit. 
right from beginning to end. Right from beginning to end. When Jesus came and united himself with humanity and lived as a man from his very conception to his death, his resurrection, it was the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look in the future at your life from beginning to end. A life immersed. So listen, this is important. The kingdom of heaven is a reality completely immersed, influenced, and empowered by the Holy Spirit. Outside of the person of the Holy Spirit, we cannot experience or live in the reality of the kingdom of heaven. From beginning to end, even Jesus, the Messiah, placed himself under the influence and authority of the Holy Spirit and operated in complete dependence upon his power. This is your heritage. This is your inheritance. This is what you are called to live in. So you see the birth of Jesus. You see the life of Jesus. I want you to see the unseen power behind it all. What do you do in response? First of all, you believe. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That Jesus is the immerser who has now risen to the right hand of the Father. And this same Holy Spirit that he walked in has been poured out upon you so that you would live a life immersed. Breathe in. Breathe in. Breathe in. And this is what I believe. God is up to something in this place. Not just in this place. There are big things that are happening on an unseen level. I, it, it's, they are happening. They are happening. And this Holy Spirit that I'm talking about is brooding, okay, is brooding over something. And within his brooding, a power is being released. And what you were unable to do before, you will do. What you were unable to see before, you will see. Hallelujah. What you were unable to get yourself free from, you will walk free from. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Where you used where you used to be tongue tied, you will not be able to stop your mouth speaking with authority and with power. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Because I want you to understand something. Hallelujah. It has never been up to the church. It has been up to the Holy Spirit to do through the church. And the Holy Spirit, hallelujah, just like the whole Bible story seems to be, allows humanity to show its failure just prior to the Holy Spirit coming in and showing the glory of the kingdom of heaven. And these are the greatest days for the church of the head. And I want you to understand there is a cry rising up in my heart that says absolutely not by might nor by power, but by my spirit says the Lord. Hallelujah. The, the final stone is going to be laid with shouts of grace, grace, and I want you to know the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this.
And this is my vision, no matter how inaccurate it might be. But I believe the Holy Spirit, when He came upon the people on the day of Pentecost, He came as the power of God, the clothing with power from on high. But if you get people clothed with power from on high, but they're not zealous to do what they need to do, those people are going to self-destruct with the very power they have been given. But with the power comes the fire of God's And people's lives begin to be consumed with a fire to fulfill the kingdom that they have been given. Hallelujah. 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 And some of you have been feeling the little bit of discomfort, but there's a bit of joy and excitement in it, but it's, it's like the flames are starting to lick at your rear end. And you're going, I feel like there's things that are just being kind of consumed away. I used to be interested in them. They used to consume my time and my energy. They used to consume my affection and my emotions. But something else is starting to run on your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So get ready. Get ready. Let's stand. It's a great day in the house of the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 We rejoice. We rejoice in you, Lord God. We rejoice in your salvation. We rejoice in this righteousness that we have. Hallelujah. We rejoice in what you have provided and what you are empowering regarding that righteousness within our lives. We rejoice in the access that it gives us to your throne. We rejoice, hallelujah, how it fits us, hallelujah, to be the dwelling place, the tabernacle of the Holy Spirit, the resting place of this power from on high. We rejoice in this kingdom that is ours, which is our inheritance. We rejoice to belong to this family, the family of God. We rejoice rejoice at what you are doing within our lives. We rejoice in the transformation that is is taking place. We rejoice in the hope that is before us. We rejoice in the days that we are living in. We rejoice in you, O God. Hallelujah. Let it be unto us according to your word. Hallelujah. In Jesus' name. Amen.